welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by a man who's ready to ignite. It's Captain Tibbs. I'm always igniting, Sills. In every single possible way. I am literally on fire right now. That is right, Tibbs. And we are on our way to our first pay-per-view of the Ignition Era, which, of course, is going to be JWF Resurrection, where we're going to have some amazing title matches, but we are also going to have the finals of a, of a tournament you've dubbed the best of the best, where the title, where the winner doesn't just get the title of best of the best, they also get... The JWF Captain's Championship. Sometimes, Sills, I like to think that the two are interchangeable, but that's just me, and I am the guy that named a championship after him. That is right, Tibbs. And last week, we actually found out one of the matches that are going to be happening in Block B of this tournament as... The wild-eyed Southern boys are going to send one half of their team, Sam Adams, to take on one half of the JWF Tag Team Champions themselves, the War Wizards. Tibbs, they're sending the War Wizard to war, and you know that's not going to turn out well. After his boisterous performance, finally coming out, winning the JWF Tag Team Championships in their first match in the JWF. I think that the War Wizard has got a lot of steam behind him, and I think that he is really something to be admired. That's right, but in our ring right now is his opponent for next week, Sam the Beer Man Adams. And you can see he's flanked on both sides with the rest of the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, and I'm sure he cannot be happy to hear that he is facing the War Wizard next week. Let's hear what he's got to say. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, it appears the war weasels are once again trying to do what they do best, and that's weasel. Weasel their way into this tournament, weasel their way into our match, weaseling each and every single way they can. But you know what? That's perfectly fine with me. Because next week is just going to be a little preview of what's to come at JWF Resurrection. Because Sam Adams goes one-on-one with the War Weasel himself. And it will also be the return of our friend, our mentor, our manager, Spider Lockhart. Because if there's one person that knows how to weasel with the best of them, it's Spider. Because War Wizards, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make JWF Resurrection all about you, right? You're trying to take away not just the JWF tag titles, but take the JWF captain's title away from us hard-working Americans. And we won't stand for it anymore. No, no, no. The Wild-Eyed Southern Boys are here to make sure you two never get your hands on any more gold in this company ever again so it starts next week when i decimate the war wizard then it continues in the semifinals where i defeat whatever punk they put in front of me and then at the jwf resurrection the wild-eyed southern boys will do what they do best and that is win baby 
I'm thinking we begin the night with a quick victory over whatever failure stands against me in the finals, and then we take our time. We take our time against the wall weasels and beat their asses all around the arena in a street fight. And finally, at the end of the night, when we are draped in gold, the wild-eyed southern boys are going to do what they do best. Head to the bar and celebrate our victory with a few shots of whiskey and shooting some guns, baby. Yay! Because let me tell you right now, the war weasels ain't about to weasel anybody no more. Because starting next week, the sap will rise again. God, Tibbs. There it is, the music of the War Wizards. Not the War Weasels, as old Sam likes to call them. And they're coming down to the ring. And let me tell you something, the War Wizard, he does not look happy, Tibbs. You can hear him screaming from here, Sills. Oh, I can't imagine how much restraint it took for the War Wizard to hold out until now being called a weasel for so long. That's right. You can see the War Wizard and Sam Adams in each other's faces arguing back and forth. We're getting a little preview of next week right here tonight as these four men stand face to face and then also a preview of that match that's going to be happening at JWF Resurrection which is, of course, going to see the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys face off against the War Wizards for the JWF Tag Team Championships, Tibbs. Yeah, it's all coming to a head, Sills. Wild-Eyed Southern Boys are trying to make up for all that they've lost in recent days, but I don't know if they can stand up against someone like the War Wizard. I mean, he's just... Look at him. He's got that hat. He's got a big beard. He's got magic. He is a massive man, Tibbs. I mean, let's not forget, we thought the next big thing in the JWF Tag Division was going to be the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys. They defeated the VWO, one of the biggest tag teams we had in this company. They were on a huge run starting out this year, and the War Wizards immediately put a break to that at Wrestlepalooza when they won that epic Fatal 4-Way ladder match, Tibbs. Big ladder match, their first one in this in the JWF ring. Cannot stress that one enough. That's right. It was their first match here in this company, defeating not only the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, but also Bananas in Pajamas and, like I mentioned before, the VWO, who we have not seen much of since that pay-per-view, but we have seen their known associate, the man known as the Hammer Man. And, and Tibbs, the Hammer Man's had some recent run-ins with uh, the newest JXT day debut the man known as FOMO son and FOMO hasn't had some kind words for the uh for the old hammer man I gotta say no Sills I've gotta really hit home FOMO is a mystery wrapped within an enigma under a lot of face paint and why he's targeted the hammer man of all people I just I, I don't understand it that's right. I mean, last week he interviewed or interrupted, I'm sorry, the Hammerman's interview and basically tore the masked man down, said he was not the man he had used to be. And I know everybody's been wondering, what does FOMOS on? What problem does he have with the Hammerman? Which is why we've sent one of our top interviewers backstage with FOMOS on to get some answers. Let's have a listen. Hello, everybody. Honeypot Mick, House of the Rising Sun here with the man known as FOMOS on. Now, Felmo, last week, 
You interrupted the Hammerman's interview and told him that he was no longer the Hammerman of old, the Hammerman that he used to be, that he had changed. I have to know, what is going on between the two of you? Well, unfortunately, Honeypot, nothing is going on between me and the Hammerman, and that's... that's the sad thing. That's the sad thing, because the Hammerman of old... He wouldn't have just stood idly by while I made those comments last week. The Hammerman of old would have rushed me. He would have tackled me to the ground and gave me the beating that I deserved. But no, all Hammerman did last week was prove my point. That he had given up on being himself and started being just who the JWF universe wants him to be. The high flyer, the entertainer, the masked man that gives hope to everyone in attendance. But how, how has that been working out for you lately, Hammerman? You've had, what, uh, maybe one victory in this entire year. When I debuted for this company, I kept asking people, what should I do? Who should I target? And they all said the same thing. You find the biggest, the baddest man, and you take him out. And we were all in agreement on one thing. The biggest and the baddest of the JWF, well, it was clearly the Hammerman. So as I sat in the back preparing to make my JWF debut at the Regal Rumble, I watched the Hammerman very closely, waiting for the moment that I could come out and pounce. And then he gets eliminated mere minutes before I come out. And he's been failing every inch of the way since. Meanwhile, FOMO-san, I have been flourishing, nearly winning the JWF Championship a few months back. So as far as the Hammerman is concerned, Honeypot, I don't want him to face me. I don't want to engage in epic battles back and forth. All I want is for him to know how disappointed I am in him. How disappointed I am in the man he's become. A a sellout, I believe you call it. But Hammerman, I promise you this. The minute you remember who the man behind that mask is, I'll be waiting. Well, Tib, strong words there from FOMO-san. I mean, most of the time when someone gets interviewed, it's challenging someone to a match, wanting to engage in more battles, but FOMO-san almost seems like he he wants nothing to do with the hammer man, Tibbs. So that... Now, I don't want to put my psychiatrist hat on and take my captain's hat off, but it's almost like... The FOMO-san, FOMO-san is trying to manipulate the Hammer Man. He's trying to subvert everything that he is. And he's really trying to get him back to the way that he was when he was a beloved superstar. And he's really trying to do it by egging him on. That's right. I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to talk about an impressive singles debut in this company for FOMO-san, it would be defeating the Hammer Man. But I'll be honest, it wouldn't be defeating the Hammer Man we saw last week. The Hammer Man we saw at Wrestlepalooza. You want him at 100%. You want the man who has the fastest title victory in this entire company, Tips. 
Ah, that's a moment I remember well, Sills. That is right. Facing off against the man known as Mojo Gruff Tibbs in in less than 15 seconds. The Hammerman decimated him. His associate, Honeypot, took them all out, Tibbs, and became the captain's champion. But I want to move on to two men who could be a future captain's champion. And it is these two men, the finalists in Block A of the Best of the Best Tournament, the Dylan and Hollywood Holcher, Tibbs. But let's be honest, I think Hollywood Holcher might be going into this match with a bit of a handicap. That's right, Sills. Not only is Hollywood returning to the ring for the first time in several years, he is returning against the Dylan, one of the most grizzled ring veterans we have in the ring, and he has also he he, he has also soured his relationship with one Blake Tanner. And who knows, with the state that he's in, what the hell Blake Tanner could be planning? That's right. Let's not forget last week was the uh, semi-finals match in this between Hollywood Holcher and Blake Tanner. Hollywood got a roll-up damn near immediately. Probably the fastest victory we've ever had in this company in a non-title match. Hollywood took him out, and you knew Blake Tanner was immediately pissed, destroyed the ringside area. And if I know Blake Tanner, I know that animosity has not lessened over the week. Absolutely, Sills, and there's just nothing I can do about it. Hands are tied. That's right. Meanwhile, in the ring, the two men beginning with a lockup in the middle of the ring, both jockeying for position. I mean, we've seen Dylan leaning towards a more technical style lately. Not sure how this lockup's going to benefit the recently debuting Holcher, who's known for more of a high-flying style, Tibbs. That's right, Sills. It's been a... And it, it might even be hard for Hollywood on his own to really get the confidence to get back on those top ropes. That's right. But, oh, wait a minute. Holcher with a big headlock takedown sends the Dylan to the earth. And you can see Holcher keeping his weight on Dylan, remembering his training from so many years ago. I mean, Tibbs, you got to think, this is the first real test that Hollywood Holcher has had since debuting on the main roster. He's going to want to impress tonight. That's right. But... Then again, Sills, that kind of high-flying and flashy behavior is not something that you want to do against someone like the Dylan, who is known for taking advantage. That's right. You can see Dylan, uh, Holcher was getting a little bit of a smile on his face, a little bit of an ego growing, allowed the Dylan to take advantage into a headlock of his own. Drawing Hollywood back up to his feet is the Dylan sends him careening into the turnbuckle. Holcher falling back, and you can see Dylan already getting a little bit of arrogance back on him, smugly just kicking around that rookie and let me tell you something Holcher looks pissed at this point tips uh you know so when you try when you're up against somebody that you've known for a long time being treated like this is a massive sign of disrespect but uh, I can't feel good from Holcher's point of view. That's right. And you see Dylan bouncing off the ropes, looking for that big senton. But, ooh, Holcher getting the knees up. And Dylan's back looks like it could be injured. Holcher once again cinching in a headlock. And, and Tibbs, I'll be honest with you. Holcher seems unsure of himself right now. I mean, a, a man like the Dylan, he knows you don't let lightning strike twice. You don't use the same move uh, twice in the same match. But Holcher's just lynching on that headlock over and over again. It's like he's taking too long to decide what his next move is, so come on, this is a match, you gotta keep the flow going, you can't interrupt it with a headlock while you plan for too long, cause it's gonna be, 
look, he's he's doing it right now. That's right. You see Dylan taking advantage of the headlock, reversing Holcher's momentum into a pinning predicament. One, two. Ooh, Holcher just barely getting out of that one. You can see Dylan back up to his feet like a bullet, bouncing off the ropes. But ooh, Holcher ducks the clothesline and then bounces off for a massive skyliner. That leg lariat we haven't seen in years, leveling the Dylan like it's nothing. And Tibbs, you can tell Hollywood's starting to get a little bit of that confidence back. He was able to hit the Skyliner, rushes towards the ropes, and ooh, a beautiful lion salt to the Dylan in the center of the ring, going for a quick pin as Hollywood Hulcher, but ooh, Dylan getting his shoulder up before the ref could even start counting Tibbs. Mm-hmm. In a match like this for Holter, it's important to get that rust off as soon as possible. If he hasn't been able to do it by now, then he's not going to be able to for a long time, but it looks like he's finally getting his stride back. That's right. Now Hollywood trying to finish things off. I mean, I interviewed Hollywood earlier today, and he told me that he has a new move, that he has been waiting for the right moment to debut, and tonight could be the night as he's got the Dylan hooked, locked in for the Hollywood Hills. Wait a minute, Tibbs, that's... That's the music of Blake Tanner. We mentioned it earlier today, the animosity. It did not get lowered. It has grown. And you can see Holcher and our referee Shibata looking towards the entrance ramp, trying to figure out what Blake Tanner's thinking right now. Oh, I don't know, Sills. I, I, it can't just be more like a, more than a simple distraction. Maybe he's trying to let, take adva- or let Dylan take advantage of the moment. That's right, but wait a minute. Blake with a sneak attack from behind, rushing the ring, leveling Hollywood Holcher with that steel chair, and the ref couldn't see it. The ref was still looking at the entrance ramp, and you can see Dylan, the opportunist, taking advantage, picking up the scraps left by Blake Tanner as he delivers total destruction to Hollywood Holcher onto that steel, Tibbs. It looks like Dylan going for the pinfall. Shibata, the referee, finally back into the ring for the count. One, two... Three! And just like that, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we have our first finalist in the best of the best tournament, the man who is the winner of Block A, the Dylan. But Tibbs, let's be honest, he did not do it without some assistance from Blake Tanner. No, and this is probably something that Blake Tanner had planned from the start. But then again, the Dylan is not going to want to waste an opportunity like that. I I honestly understand where he would be coming from in that situation. But this is about Blake Tanner stealing any possible chance that Hollywood Holcher would have and putting it all on the deal. That's right. I mean, you got to think Blake Tanner has not exactly had a banner year, losing the majority of matches that he has been in, Tibbs. I feel like he thought this tournament might have been a chance to get back up on his feet, but it was clipped at the knees almost immediately by Hollywood Holcher. So I think Blake Tanner thought he was just returning the favor tonight. What do you think? Probably, Sills. I mean, this is this is exactly or almost exactly what happened when Hollywood Holcher and Hollywood Holcher obviously planned his interruption to Blake Tanner's match. So Blake Tanner thought turnabout would be fair play. That is right, Tibbs. But of course, looks like we've got one of our top interviewers backstage chasing after Blake Tanner to hear his response to his actions at the end of that match. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Don the Don McDonald here backstage with the man known as Blake 
Tanner. Now, Blake, you just interrupted the semi-final match of the best of the best tournament. The end of the Block A section, distracting Hollywood Hulcher, assaulting him with that steel chair and allowing your former cohort, the Dylan, to pick up the victory and advance towards the finals of the tournament. I've just got to know what the issue is between you and Hollywood Hulcher. What's going on? There's not really much to it, McDonald. It's simple. Hollywood Hulcher is delusional. Back in our days at the wrestling school, McDonald, Hollywood, he was always the standout. Easily the best wrestler among any of us. Anybody in that class. And we had to be reminded of that fact every single day. When they book shows, he'd be in the main event. When the press came to the Academy, guess who got interviewed? Hollywood Hulcher was a face of that class. And when the time came to get called up, look at what happened. History says that Hollywood didn't get the call that myself and the rest of the fight boys did, right? That's what everyone believes. No. It couldn't be further from the truth. He was the first to get that call, and he chickened out. In the 11th hour, with glory at our backs, about to be skyrocketed into the stars, Hollywood Hulcher decided to quit. He left the Academy. He quit wrestling for good, and he tried to move on to Hollywood. But now, he's back. And he's trying to return to the limelight of his glory days back at the Academy, and I will just not have it. While Hollywood was off flying planes and chasing glory, I have been here every damn week, grinding my ass off to get where I deserve to be. Hollywood hasn't been doing that. Hollywood is just praying that he'll fly from his nostalgia and what the fans remember and hope beyond hope that they won't care that he left them for good. But I care. I care that he abandoned us, that he abandoned the fight boys when it was our time to shine and seize the moment. So listen, Holcher. I'm going to make this plain. Your run in this company is going to be as short as possible. Just as short, if not shorter, than that bomb of your time in Hollywood. At Resurrection, it's going to be your first real audition to prove yourself as a wrestler to me. And I can guarantee that you won't be getting a callback. That motherfucker's gone real crazy, Tibbs. I don't like it, Sills. Like, that was some James Bond villain bullshit, and it's a little scary. You ever wondered what happened when a man breaks? I think we might have just saw it. Well, I mean, but it looks like we've got another match made for Resurrection. Blake Tanner taking on Hollywood Hulcher, and... Tibbs, let me tell you something. That is going to be an absolute bombshell of a match. Those two men are going to be going crazy at one another. You're going to have this fully 
fractured Blake Tanner against the returning Hollywood Hulcher, who Blake Tanner has put on notice. It It is not a well-known fact that Hollywood Hulcher was called up along with the rest of the fight boys, and he did not take that call. That's right. I mean, he was the first one to get the call. I mean, I remember being there backstage. We gave the call to Hollywood Hulcher, told him to be at war the very next night, and Hollywood hung up on us. He didn't respond, and no one knew what was going on in his mind, but I guess Hollywood's back. He's trying to make up for lost time, Tibbs. Well, really, Sills, I didn't want anybody to know about it, because think about that. I mean... As a wrestler being called up and just not showing up. I mean, think about how that makes our company look. But I guess it's out in the open now. That's right, Tibbs. But speaking of a wrestler who's trying to make up for an embarrassing time, I want to talk about the former JWF champion, Momoa Curry, a man who had everything to lose at Wrestlepalooza when he faced his brother, the Leviathan. I mean, it was billed as a match with apocalyptic proportions, Tibbs. And of course, we know Momoa did not walk out with the championship. Neither did the Leviathan. It was, in fact, Scotty Moore. Mr. Cash in the bag made that match a triple threat and got away with the heist of the century, and that is why we now call him the JWF champion. Uh, Scotty Moore came in the very end of the match. He took advantage of the weakened state of the Leviathan, how much fight Momoa Curry had put in, and he took the one thing that Momoa Curry wanted more than anything away from him in that match. And now... He has become our champion, and now he is the man to beat. And he has got one big target on his back, and the man who has his sights set on that target is the former champion, Momoa Curry. But I felt like there might have been something a little bit more to it, which is why earlier today, I sat down with Momoa Curry to hear exactly what his thoughts are since that devastating loss at Wrestlepalooza. Let's go to the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this exclusive backstage interview for JWF Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined by the god of the JWF himself, Momoa Curry. Thanks for having me, Silves. Now, Momoa, it should come as no surprise to you that the JWF universe has seen a bit of change in Momoa Curry ever since Scotty Moore cashed in at Wrestlepalooza and won your JWF championship in what many are calling the heist of the century. I just want to take you back to that night and get your thoughts on what transpired. I was just about the lowest I ever thought I'd be, Silves. My brother, the Leviathan, he he was absolutely decimating me. He had choke slammed me to the earth. I felt the weight of his body pressing my shoulders to the mat and blood pouring into my eyes, blinding me. And in that moment, I thought I had failed. I was going to lose my JWF championship to my brother, and he was going to damn near kill me in the process. But then I heard them, the JWF universe, each and every one of them rallying behind me, and I had a feeling. It was a feeling I had the last time I faced my brother one-on-one. It was that feeling that said, I can't let them down. It didn't matter how many times my brother slammed me into that mat. I was going to get up 
and I was going to fight for my life, and I kicked out. I kicked out, and I ran at those ropes, and I punched my brother square in the jaw with every ounce of force I had. And then I heard it. The drums filled the arena, and I was waiting for Scotty Moore to get into that ring so I could drop him like a fly. And then everything went white. Looking back on the tapes, I see that Scotty Moore cracked my skull in with that briefcase, but everything after that was a blur. I think that's the part that gets me most, is I don't remember Sylvs. I don't remember what happened after Scotty came out. The doctors call it a concussion. I say it's just blocking out some real bad memories. So it was really, really bad memories. Well, we of course know that Scotty continued that assault, aggravating your concussion, which did, of course, lead to his victory. And in recent weeks, Scotty's claimed that what he did was in order to save the world from the Leviathan, that he didn't have faith in you defeating your brother, so he took matters into his own hands. I gotta know, do you think that's true? No. I I mean, look back at the match. Scotty, he assaulted me with the steel chair. He even teamed up with my brother at points. He focused his entire assault on me. I'll be honest with you, Silves. I don't think Scotty had any other thought that night other than trying to sneak out with that title as quickly as possible. And he did just that. And now, now he's trying to turn the JWF universe to his side, writing this narrative of himself being their savior. But no, I I, I don't think it's true. And one final question for you, Momoa, and it's a big one. In multiple years in this business, you faced and conquered several opponents, but you've actually never managed to pin Scotty Moore to the mat. I mean, you've had DQ victories, countouts, but as far as a solid win goes, you've never been able to get one over on Scott. Does that make you nervous for your upcoming rematch? Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? That's the one albatross I still have swinging about my neck, the one itch on my back I've never been able to scratch. I've never pinned Scotty Moore to the mat. Because, let me tell you something about Scotty Moore. He's clever. He'd sooner run than leave me with a true victory. And now it's worse because he's got that little thing called the champion's advantage. That advantage that says even if he gets disqualified or counted out, he still keeps my JWF championship, which is why I'm not giving him the option. Because at JWF Resurrection, the god of the JWF is going to do just that. Resurrect. When I get back my JWF heavyweight championship and Scotty Moore will have nowhere to run and nowhere to hide when four walls of pure, uncut steel wraps itself around this ring because if Scotty Moore wants to prove himself as the true hero of this company, he's going to have to face me in a steel cage. 
and I'll remind everybody exactly who runs this company, and he is the God of Law, God of the Sea, and God of the JWF, Momoa Curry. Thanks for your time. Well, Tibbs, I gotta say, Momoa Curry, he seems fired up. A very emotional interview there. And you can tell he's not the same man. Man, things have changed since he's lost that title at Wrestlepalooza, since that great embarrassment has, has happened to him. But I gotta know, do you think he's got the energy to take on Scotty Moore in this steel cage match? Oh, so, so uh, that's a question I'm not sure that I can answer. I, Momoa Curry is one of the best of the best in this ring right now. He's got such a phenomenal record, but you rarely see him this emotional, this charged. I think that Scotty Moore's got some free space, some free real estate in his head at the moment, and I don't know if that means that Momoa Curry, the god of law, the god of the JWF, is thinking straight. That's right, Tibbs, but you mentioned best of the best. And, of course, earlier tonight we found out one of the finalists in the best of the best tournament is going to be, of course, the man known as the Dylan. But next week begins Block B of the best of the best tournament where we are going to see Guy Fieri, a man who's got a cult following here in the JWF, taking on the man known as Rat Boy Connor. Two men with a lot of history there, Tibbs. That's right, Sills, and I'm hoping that we get to see a triumphant return of returns for Guy Fieri because I hope that he he becomes more than just a featured player and that he can once again become a regular here in the JWF. That's right, and then of course in the main event we are going to see that match that we talked about earlier tonight as the War Wizard faces off against Sam Adams to determine who's going to be going on to the finals of Block B. And also I'm getting word now that Scotty Moore is also going to respond to this steel cage match offer from Momoa Curry and Tibbs. Let me tell you something, I know Scotty Moore's got to be fired up after hearing from Momoa earlier tonight. Of course, Sills. Uh, now he's got to respond to that challenge of a steel cage match. He's got to respond to the allegations that he's a man more likely to run away, like Momoa Curry said, which I honestly agree with, Sills. Well, not only that, you got to think Scotty Moore, after hearing that em- emotional interview, hearing what his victory did to Momoa Curry, you got to think he smelled a little bit of blood in the water as well. That's right. He's obviously. He knows that he's got something over on Momoa Curry that maybe his mind games are starting to work. That's right. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, remember to support the JWF by donating to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash a load of BS is the website where you can support us. You can get shouted out on the show. Hell, we might even put you into our developmental territory, JXT, which, by the way, tips, we talk about JXT all the time. We don't tell the people where to find it. Go to the Fight Boys YouTube channel. Make sure to check out JXT Wrestling. Let me tell you, they got some great boys down there doing some fantastic fantastic work yeah i heard that it's a real a real big for spooky guys right now that is right tibbs and then of course in addition to that you can pick up shirts for all your favorite jxt and jwf wrestlers at merch.aloadofpurebs.com we got some comfy merch we got some amazing posters for your wall they're all available for you to check out at merch.aloadofpurebs.com but until next time ladies and gentlemen he's been captain tibbs i've been silver spoon this has been jwf monday night ignition and we will see you next time